Hey, this is Susan Green. Howdy, everybody. This is Colter Fleming. And welcome to the Backstage Travel Podcast. Colter, it's been a whole week. Um, you were just saying, by the way, that you watch Bridgerton. Is that how you say that? Br- Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Okay. Yes. Okay. So is this like I watch because I love my wife or do you actually love it? Because Dan and I have very few shows that we both like at the same time. So I think it started as I, you know, I'm going to watch it because I want to support Tori's Netflix binging habits. Oh, such a good hobby. I mean, she sort of, she sort of teased me with, yeah, it's like, it's like a period piece gossip girl. And oh, I never then, watched Gossip Girl, but well, let me tell you, you start watching Bridgerton for like 10 minutes and you realize that it is one scandalous show. <gasps> nice. I mean, but is it stupid? Because so like Dan will mock things. I get him to wa- I get him to watch Married at First Sight. And he's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's totally fake. That's stupid. And I'm like, OK, so. We can watch your reality TV called There is There is a little bit of fiction. I mean, or not fiction. There's a lot of fiction. I mean, it's entirely (laughs) fiction. But there's a a lot of the period piece portion that is, you know, based loosely upon reality. And then there's a lot of liberties, I should say. Um, Yeah. So they introduce... um, you know, topics of race and class and what year you know, is it? Is it like 1800s? I, it, I don't remember it saying that. I mean, I sort of got into it into like the second episode. Um, we're almost done now. Um, oh. it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. Um, are there hot guys? I mean, that's, you know, that's gotta keep, there's cute people as a romance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, I suck into that. I'm good with that. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I would say, check it out. You know, we got to find something besides watching? news. Um, well, I got Dan to watch the episode one of season 12 of Married at First Sight last night. And it cracked me up. They're like, first of all, we kept going, where are all the masks? But they're in Georgia. And they filmed it. And like, nobody's wearing a mask throughout the whole thing. And you're like, this is so weird. It's current. But these people, what they... I told you they had someone on there and she's like, I really like my life really neat. I like to be really neat. And I like, and they're like, what are you worried about? They're like, I'm really worried as she's making her bed. I'm really worried that he won't be neat. And if he's not neat and I really like my showers and I texted you and said, I found your doppelganger. I'm like, I found your person. If you, you know, this is your twin. And I was like, and I look over at Dan, I go, yeah, someone who like picks up their clothes. Dan cleaned my clothes two weeks ago. He, all my clothes that has to be hung, I should send you a photo, is in a pile on the floor. It's been there for about 10 days. So I just go through them and I go, yeah, this looks good. I mean, it's a lot of work to go pick up hangers, bring them back. Do you live in a dorm room? (laughs) I do, I do. A very large dorm room. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I'm good at. That's just not one of them. And the thing is, the problem is I don't give a crap. So, and he folds his underwear. So I married someone that I I push and shove, shove it in a drawer and barely hang it up. And he wants the bed made and the clothes put away. So, um, so our clothing, we just sat there laughing, but we need to find another show. We just finished The Crown, which we loved. And then we, there's a, I started watching, um, oh, 
uh, flight attendant. And that's oh, awesome. that's pertinent and topical. I know you. exactly. Yeah, but she wait. So this is the story. Was it's it a the, '70s thing? No, 80s? no, no, when no. It? It's the new All actor. Right. She was on like the that's no. I ew, I have to find her name. She's done like a bunch of commercials. Um, you would know who she was. She is very loose, and she's a flight attendant, and sleeps around, and she wakes up one morning after drinking a lot. And there's a dead guy in our room in Tokyo. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You you like you like sort of these like semi-dark shows, I think. No, we do. I do. Or British and stuff like that. But you see, I, you like British, you know, Br- Bridgerton. I, I think know. it's set in London. Yeah. Dan just doesn't like romantic-y, cheesy things. And, you know, he likes like, um, he wants us to watch. I'm so bad. He wants us to watch this show. That's He goes, it's so great. It's on the Disney Channel. And it's the guy from some map. Marvel or something has a red face and he and the girl is WandaVision. Thank you. He yeah. Wants me to watch that. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Mark's like, cool. Mm-hmm. I've been married for 30 years. Anything that's on Disney TV, I'm not watching voluntarily. I'm watching because I love people, <laughs> but I just don't. I did that. I had, I raised three. Disney kids has a I, lot of content these days. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the shows I don't like, like Star yeah. Wars. I don't like those. Um, I know. And then my whole family is into like the Mandalorian. Yeah, that, that's supposed to be good. I haven't seen that. but I don't like sci-fi. I have I'm, to watch one thing at a time. I can't like jump around. You know, if she wants no. to watch Bridgerton, we've got to finish it. It's got to be in order. You know, you got to understand how my mind works. I'm telling you, my husband's your doppelganger. And then I'll talk to him and he's like. I thought the towel chick was my doppelganger. She was, but oh. TV wise. And then he's like, pause. What yeah. are we talking about? And I'm like. I feel like you find these like really, really tiny qualities about me. And if you see them in anybody else, you're like, that's your person. And it's I'm like, sorry, when look, someone brings up showering and towels, you're my go-to. Well, yeah. I mean, that's I've never definitely met anyone like that. I like to no. be clean, baby. You know, tell me about your week. What, what's going on and travel? What's going on with your business? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot happening yes. this week in terms of news and updates. Um, what are you, what are you working on right now? Well, I would say that 2021 is feeling this week for the first time like 2020. It's uh, the first you mean, time. You mean the last 10 days or so? Yeah, it feels a lot like March and April of last year where there's a lot of, we don't know, what are people going to do? I think tomorrow with the election changing, a uh, president changing, I think we might have a little bit better di- direction as they're very serious about what's going on. But the CDC came in and put in these restrictions for hotels and for anyone who flies outside the United States coming back in. And so while I understand their theory, because I'm all about testing, I have no trouble with masks. I totally agree with it. What I don't like is this. So I'm going to go to Hard Rock Cancun. And then when I get there, three days before I go, I'm going to go take a test at the hotel. And these hotels have come in and they've been awesome. They're like, bonus, we'll give you the hotel test for free 70 hours before you leave. All right. And then you're going to go hang out at that pool with people who have not been tested. Yeah. And then you're going to go to the airport and some guy at the ticket counter who makes $12, $13 an hour gets to decide. Yeah. Gets to decide if you get to come back to the United States. The logistics of it are just a joke. Okay. Okay. So, so before, before we get into the failures of it, let's break it down for our listeners exactly (coughs) what it means and how it could potentially impact one of your clients or 
future travel within the next 30, 60, 90 days. So basically what you're yeah. saying is that for a, a minute there in time, well, really for the last couple of months, if people wanted to travel, a lot of people from especially the West Coast and Texas have been going to Mexico because basically Correct. if you want to go to Cabo or Cancun, for the most part, until recently, you kind of can just go. But now as of what, January 26th, in order to come yeah. back to the US, they're saying you have to take a test and test negative for COVID. Correct. It's the antigen test for the most part, I think is the PCR test accepted it but is. not offered as widely. So the hotels have scrambled and they've said, okay, well, we're going to offer this. A lot of the nicer hotels or higher end hotels yeah. are offering it for free or mostly subsidized for, you know, two guests um, yep. on yep. the, on the room. And so that's forced a lot of people to scramble. And then in your case, a lot of people who were going to Mexico for honeymoons or weddings, which is a lot, a lot of times your bread and butter, people are going, right. why? I wanted to go to Mexico because I didn't really want to take a test. I mean, who wants to plan on getting nose swabbed in between tequila shots? Does that sound like a good time to you? Probably not. That's why right. people are going to Mexico. Or for one, what's right? going to happen if I do get negative? Now I'll say this. Most of the hotels have been amazing. They have responded incredible. They have said, look, you get tested positive. We're going to give you 14 days in a quarantine room with room service, no alcohol, and you can't. How are they affording that? I just don't understand. Like who, I think what billionaire cartel guy? Is, I know. <laughs> like, oh, I think yeah. they have to because if not, they're shut down. Yeah. So, yeah. but- are they like creating a separate wing, you know, of yeah, they're potential them in a COVID cases? Yes, they're keeping a percentage of their rooms apart. Okay. Um, so, so this is like a little complicated. Yeah. So like I had four destination weddings between May and July and all of them decided not to go forward saying we don't know and we can't ask our guests. I can tell them we have canceled for any reason. We have all, they didn't matter. They said we can't do that. Um, now, Tahiti is one of the only destinations right now, which I saw a lot of, that has come in and said, look, if you're flying on Air Tahiti Nui right now, which is most of my clients into LAX, you can have a test at the airport one to four hours before you fly, which is the right way to do it. What they haven't come back with is if, you're ne- if, you, pa- if you don't pass, where the hell are you going to go? Because well, you've already checked out of your hotel at that exactly. point. Exactly. So-, yeah. so now it's at your cost. Oh, so, oh that's so, fun. Yeah. But they also do a self-test they've done since July for four days. And none of my clients have been positive. So it's it's a logistical nightmare. I don't know if it's going to stay around. Yeah. And most of these Let's hotels are offering it through the end of March. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, hmm, if it's through the end of March, then what are their plans afterwards? Or what does that say? And then what also got me was if you have the vaccine, that doesn't count. Um, yeah, only, I don't understand that. Yeah, the only thing that trumps you getting this is if you've had COVID and can prove it three months within the last that. ninety days, right? Correct. So if you had if you had a March case of COVID, that a March last year case of COVID doesn't that matter. doesn't count. Nope. So so for me, you know, we're going to Mexico to Cancun right. in April. April. Yep. And you know, our hotel that we're staying at Unico, they've got a really great plan. You know, as Correct. it as it turns out, I mean that. The, that brand AIC, you know, yeah. like you're saying, the Hard Rocks, they they've really got a good plan. I mean, they've got the free tests, which yep. not not all of them, but some of them are doing free tests, yep. and then they've got basically 14 days of quarantine offered if you if we were to test positive. So that that's sort of some reassurance. I mean, for me, I'm not canceling, right? Like, right. I was right. worried they right. they offer this plan. We should be good to go. You know, they're also offering people 
up till two days before they get there to move. So like you can move your date if you need to. Okay. Super flexible. They're very, very flexible on what they're doing. So, so with that, you know, without any further ado, I would like to bring on our guest for tonight's episode. My, my buddy, my friend, uh, Dave Schulwitz calling in from Miami, oh, Florida. Where the Super Bowl is going to be that. Oh, I, wait, right. is it at Tampa or no? No, it's, a, it's, no, it's at Hard Miami. Rock Stadium. I thought it was at Raymond James. I could be, I could be wrong. It's we need at to Google Hard Rock. This. You don't listen well to the football that I have to listen to every single weekend you're you're probably right kenzie kenzie may need to google this he knows he knows it's there he sees all the signs I'm i don't you. know i don't know so dave and i met at tcu a few years ago when we were in school together um, what is tcu by the way texas christian university go frogs dave's repping frogs you guys with are the frogs? shirt today i'm sorry horn the frogs corn frog horned what it's basically a scary lizard a corn frog? Horned. Horned. Horned frog. Does it have a horn? Yeah, they've got they've got horns. They spit blood from their horns. They do not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. You're totally lying. <laughs> <laughs> um Dave and I Dave and I became friends in class, you know, but our our of course our program was at nights and on weekends. And I think uh, you know, we we really uh became became buds traveling to South Africa as part of a study abroad program. So maybe we'll get into that. But um I'll let Dave introduce himself, sort of talk about his personal and professional background and history. And then for our listeners, Dave has a very special um sort of life goal related to travel. So we'll talk about how he wants to see the Detroit Lions go to the Super Bowl. That's a well, life goal. That's <laughs> that's not something he can control. So we'll leave that oh, off of I'm his telling bucket you if list. I watch the Bears, they they get my feeling. Don't how you am I know stuck that? with all you <laughs> NFC North people on this dang call? I You're mean, so goodness. lucky. You're just lucky. Yeah. You know, we had my mom on here a couple weeks ago. She's a Minnesota fan. This is crazy. I'm sorry. They've also um, not won a Super Bowl, but they've gone four times. I seriously sat there and read stats, but you know, who's won the Chicago bears. <laughs> oh my goodness. The one time that the bears won. I they mean, actually won more than that. They're the oldest franchise in football history. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome, Dave. I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. Here's the thing. You have a really good baseball team and a really good basketball team. What, Detroit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, historically, we're the hockey town. Oh, that's, I'm that's, sorry. I'm a Blackhawks yeah. fan. It's all about, well, you can't top the Red Wings. That Red is Wings true. Own. That is true. Although yeah. we did win. I don't even know the name of it. What is it called? The Stanley Cup? Oh, man. Stanley Cup. <laughs> I wasn't a hockey girl. It just... Just super, super quick too. Horned frogs spit blood from their eyes. So Susan, don't try to. You are so lying to me. Frogs. No, look it up. Okay. Freaking this is so ridiculous. funny. Before we go, when I was dating my husband, we've been together 30 years. He starts telling me about these wasps. And he's like, yeah, they're these crazy wasps that like killed tarantulas. And I'm like, you're full of shit. But I'm dating him. So I'm like, oh, you're so cute, honey. Oh my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. And then we're watching Discovery Channel like five years into our marriage. And they're like, and the whatever wasp, what it does is it lays its eggs on the back of a tarantula and they eat him. I'm like, I am stand corrected. I was, I made fun of him for five years. Super Bowls in Tampa, Raymond James. Last year was Miami. 
They said it all last weekend. I'm telling you right now, Hard Rock Stadium. No, Susan, what you what you might have been thinking of the college football national championship yes. was in my yes. You are correct. That's what I was. We watch football all the time. I believe you. I am I not the you. person. I don't really like football. I saw that movie Concussion and I got over it. Mm. I digress. I will stop being my competitive self. <laughs> it's early in the night. Um so Dave, we want to know a little bit about your personal and professional background and then take us all the way up to all the schooling that you've done and then of course, you know, your time in the Air Force. Yeah, absolutely. So um so I'm living in Miami right now. Love Miami, but I originally grew up in Michigan. Was there for 18 years, same town, and always kind of had this feeling growing up like I wanted to see more of the world. I felt like horse blinders on to only what I knew. So that was part of the motivation to send me out to the University of Hawaii for college. So I ended up moving out to Hawaii for undergrad. After undergrad, I was uh, became an Air Force officer. So I was in the Air Force for 10 years, full-time active duty. And then towards the end of my Air Force days, I was at TCU as an uh, ROTC instructor at TCU. That's where I met Coulter. Uh, we did our MBA together at TCU. So what's an ROTC um, I, instructor? Yeah. So um, you've heard of West Point and the Naval Academy and, and you know, the traditional ways of being becoming an Air Force officer. Got some cool history too. Mm-hmm. Like George, I'm pretty sure George Washington went to West Point. Oh. But so there's a couple of ways to become an officer in the military. You either go to the military academy, so West Point for Army, Air Force Academy, you know, Naval Academy, or you can be a normal person and go to a normal university and have a normal life instead of like gotcha. going through prison for four <laughs> years. Um, and so that's that's the route I took. I, I, had, I was a normal college student for four years, but I did uh, military training on the side. Um, and when you're done with that, um, you you're able to become a, a military officer when you get out. So it's almost like you can kind gotcha. of think of it as mili- military is like your minor is kind of the way I thought you had it. to go through those schools to be in the, to be an mm-hmm. officer. You just have to have a college degree to be an officer. You do. And you need to go through the training, but there's, there's different ways to get that training. Gotcha. Um, so, so I went through that as a student in Hawaii. Um, and then I went back as an instructor and that's where I met Coulter at, at TCU. And you guys were both getting um, your MBA. Correct. Yep. yep. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was towards the end of my Air Force days. Um, so I ended up getting out of the Air Force cold turkey. Military people kind of talk about the military sometimes like smoking. Like I just I just quit cold turkey in 2018. That's not the way to quit smoking. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, and I moved to Miami at that point just because I, I felt like it was uh, what I wanted. I didn't. There wasn't a job here, or I didn't know anybody here. But I've, I've been happy about my decision. So, okay, before we move on, I gotta know how did you meet Coulter? Was it like that guy's nice, or were you like he wears cool clothes, or were you like I bet he has a tell fetish? <laughs> were you guys sharing a room? I mean, like how'd you guys how'd you connect? Some hot, yeah. hot girl sitting next to him, or. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're, we were definitely talking girls at some point. I don't talk girls with Coulter, so, you know. Yeah, you got to be in the club. I do, I do. I'm in the wrong club. I have the wrong anatomy. Yeah. Coulter and I have known each other for a while because you, you know that when we've both known each other from, you know, before our relationships or status. So There you go. Um, but uh, I don't, Coulter, I don't know. I don't remember the exact moment. But like You saw Coulter a gaze said, in I, his I, eyes and went, that is the guy for me. We're yeah. going to be friends. And, 
It, we did become much better buddies during that South Africa trip, which oh, was awesome. Of course. I can't wait to hear about that. I've been there twice. Yeah. So I mean, our, our program nice. was relatively small, right? So, you know, in the in the evening and weekend program, there was basically like, you know, for the first semester, there was sort of two cohorts. You know, one would take, I guess, the accounting class and the other would take the management class. And then you sort of flipped them on the opposite nights. And so... Um, you know, fairly small class, smaller school. Um, so we really got to know, you know, especially the people who were going to the Tuesday, Thursday night classes or whatever they, they were. And so probably the first 25 people that I really got to know in that program were in that first sort of cohort. And then you sort of had like a team that's supposed to be your study buddies within that. Um, oh, that's so cute. You yeah. Buddies. It's like being in third grade and they're like, who's your bathroom buddy? MBAs are <laughs> pretty brutal. So you kind of, you kind of need yeah. your, your friends. It, it's um, yeah. especially when you're working full time. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think, I think we probably shared, I would say throughout the two years, uh, maybe 75% of our classes almost. Um, wow. That's awesome. So yeah. So, um, but then, you know, that following summer after the first year, must've been the following summer. We, we traveled to South Africa. We did a study abroad course, uh, in, in Cape town. Was that part of your MBA? Yeah. Gotcha. And how many people went on that trip? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe 15. Oh, yeah. I would say 12 to 15 students plus a handful of significant others. Oh, you could bring someone with you. And what was the purpose of it besides it's incredible. It was awesome. So, so, you know, in the classroom, you learn about the the formal side of business, accounting, finance, uh, management, all this boring textbook stuff. And the professors try to do their best to make it become real life. But South Africa was pretty awesome because we saw kind of a whole different global side of it. For example, we met with entrepreneurs in South Africa we, and it was the whole range. We met, you know, people who were literally had 10, maybe $10 in their pockets. And they, they could have been making little pieces of jewelry and they were asking us for advice on how to market their business, how to, um, you know, create their products at a a more affordable cost, things, basic business questions, but at that, you know, minuscule level. And then we also met the other side of the spectrum in South Africa who, you know, like venture capitalists who Mm -hmm. were, you know, lending out millions of dollars. And it was, it was a very, it, it made it more real life. You yeah. know what I mean? That's really cool. What was the reason that you decided to go get your MBA? Um, I'm the son of a teacher. And I think from like little, like very young age, both of my parents have instilled in me for right or wrong, like education, education, education. I just remember hearing growing up all the time, you're going to go to school, you're going to get this. And if you get that degree, Maybe you can keep on going and get a master's degree. And like, yeah. I, it's, I've been brainwashed mm-hmm. from an early age. Mm-hmm. So, and the military does it as well. The military parents you as well, especially the officers, they say, um, you know, hey, you got to go get your master's or else you're not going to promote to major. Gotcha. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, multiple, multiple sources of brainwashing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So did you fly jets? Turbo props. Not jets. Wow, that's incredible. I want to get my pilot's license. You should. It's it's an incredible experience. I used to go to the EAA air show every year with my dad. And my dad, nice. my dad only got his, he got his uh, VFR and IFR, but he never only did single engine. So, um, okay. so 
Why did you go to turboprop and why didn't you go up to like the F-16? Is that just more? Yeah. So, um, so I, that was what, that was my goal in college. I, I wanted to come out of it and become an air force pilot. Um, and it's actually, I'll just be very direct. It's, it was actually the most, the most public and biggest failure oh. of my life. So yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, we, I'm, don't need I'm, a, we don't I'm, need it publicly. Wow. But I mean, that's life, no, right? I mean, it, no, it, it I mean, makes like, you grow. Yeah. And that would be going into Colorado Springs, right? No, I was uh, I was in Mississippi at the time, but I'm I'm super I'm a very much like goal setting and kind of personal development person, so I don't mind talking about failures and oh, cool. um I kind of I kind of feel like if I'm not failing, I'm not I'm not trying big enough things, you know. Awesome. But I'm anyways, doing a really good job tiring right now. <laughs> good. I love it. Yeah. But so to make a long story short, I got selected to go to pilot training, which is which is not easy. Um, and so I moved to Mississippi for for pilot training. There's you know it's one of three locations to go to pilot training. I was 22 years old, and to make a long story short, I, I was about a year into it. It's it takes quite a while. Um, and you know I had done all my solo flights and everything, and uh, had you know taken the plane up by myself. It's just awesome experience, yeah. like taking the plane up by myself and done barrel rolls and backflips and like i mean the most honestly the most fun 30 minutes of my life just ridiculous just so fun but um but anyways like you said susan how your was it your dad did ifr and everything so so once i um air force pilot training is a super quick pace and once i got into like ifr and a little bit beyond that i had a really bad week i had a really bad like monday through thursday (laughs) And, um, that's, that's about as much as it takes. Like if you have, if you have a few bad rides, um, then basically, you know, you start out flying with a, a captain and then you're flying with a major. And then on Friday, you're flying with a Lieutenant Colonel. Wow. In other words, like thing, things are going well and more powerful eyes are getting on you. And anyways, uh, yeah. So by Friday night, I was, I was, uh, in a different career field oh in the air force because, wow. Cause that's, that's, they just, you know, and it's not, it's nothing personal. It's just, it's the military and it's black. Well, and they've white got a and, lot of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We had a guy on here on one of our podcasts about the FBI and he said, you can't make any mistakes. No. He goes, you live in a, cause he retired and he said, you can't make any mistakes at all or you're done. And there's too many other people mm-hmm. that want your job. So, um, right. yeah, I can, I can only imagine, you know, it's, uh, we've the first about, time I've heard that story, Dave. Yeah. yeah, I I, uh, I I don't tell it a lot, but wow, there you go. That's amazing. So you get out of the you get out of the Air Force, and then you go get your master's, and then you said that you moved. Then you went into real estate, which is what you currently do, which is flipping homes. Yeah. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to say flipping homes. That sounds like shit. We did that and lost a lot of money, <laughs> so we needed someone like you. We're like we're better than all those people on TV. We can do it really quickly. My husband's a contractor. Yeah, we lost all of our savings. That was in 2008. So a good year yeah. to flip a home. Um, right. But so you now are into real estate and you are into purchasing and making money in the real estate market. I am. I am. Yeah. And I, I got into real estate while I was in the Air Force. Um, just real quick. We don't need to talk about it. But so that the flying was only the first year. The next like few, the next, I was in the Air Force for 10 years. Wow. So after that, I did... Uh, nuclear missiles. So I was underground controlling nukes and no that, that's way. what I did for the, yeah, that's what I did for the majority of my career. Um, so were you like one yeah. button away? Yeah, literally. <laughs> it was, it was, it this was is like war literally. games. Like remember that you guys are too young. Like it was made the year you were born. Um, 
That's crazy. Yeah. Literally, that's what I did. So, but um, so to to tie into your question, um, while I was in Montana working with nuclear weapons, um, my so like I said, my mom's a teacher. My dad is an architect. Oh. So I think from an early age, um, maybe I was brainwashed a little bit by my dad because I was always looking at him, you know, drawing houses, talking yeah. to people about houses. Yeah. He wasn't doing like skyscrapers. He was doing like dentist office and and nice, you know, doctors' houses and stuff like that. And so um, I think I was from an early age found an attraction to houses. But anyways, um, I read a couple of personal finance books um, in the Air Force. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Love I'm that not sure book. If you guys have. I grew up. Oh with, my god! Yeah, the Millionaire Next Door. Yeah, yeah. I got that's yes. my dad. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, yeah, totally. Nice. My dad's always like, we drove our cars for like Mackenzie will tell you this for like fifteen years. And, yeah. all, and I was like, yeah. And then I, it's interesting because I watch all of my friends, a lot of my friends my age, whose kids move out by these mega homes. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you supposed to go the other way? Like, right. but that mentality where I go, my dad instilled in us. Those are great. I met the guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He lives here. Kiyosaki. Yeah, yeah. he lives at the Biltmore here. And I went to a Christmas party at his house. And I remember going, wait, you're, and then I was like, Susan, don't fangirl him. Yeah, I would. I, I would totally fanboy him. He cha- he literally changed my life. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's great. It's too bad because some of his stuff went on like infomercially, but then people don't realize that he actually is a great, like his whole theory was awesome. That's amazing that you read that during that time, especially being young, right? Because you have power then to change all that stuff instead of going at 60 and going, well, this is a great idea. I'll put a dollar in every month. Oh, it's not going to grow. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I feel like Kiyosaki, he's kind of the, to me, the biggest difference is Kiyosaki kind of looks at debt as a tool. That's it's like a gun. It can be used in good and bad ways, but if you use it in good ways, it's mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like Dave Ramsey is just absolutely anti-debt. Yeah. Shame, and shame, not that shame. You can't, yeah. Not that you can't get wealthy doing that, but right. which you can, but, um, but I, I agree with Kai, Kiyosaki. I think it's a, a tool that should be used, you know, carefully. How many, totally how many homes did you pick up while you were in the military? Uh, six. That's amazing. Six, six, uh, six, six duplexes. Rentals. Um, yep. Yep. So, so that's kind of how I, you know, read a few books and started, I was living way below my means. So back to what you said, Susan, yeah. with the millionaire next door, like totally implemented that, um, just living stupid below my means. And that allowed me to, to start, you know, buying these duplexes, um, Perfect. and, uh, you know, bought them, they, they weren't, they were livable, but they were ugly. So sure. I, I would yeah. buy them and, yeah. and make make upgrades and, um, rent them out. And I still, I still have them today. Like, um, it's, I'm, I'm an absolute, where are they? Where are they? Like, where's some of them? Uh, great falls, Montana. So great falls, Montana, where you, all of them are there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's where I was living. Um, and I use that to my, well, um, Colts are great falls in uh, Montana and Detroit, Michigan. now. Oh, Um, so they can go to the Detroit lions game while they're playing they, before they go not to the super bowl just uh, susan you're you know, i'm really really competitive after, we're gonna have to talk after i this. know i like you though i do really like you. i get i get feisty about my lions how long did you live in montana uh four and a half years okay. 
And let me tell it, it Susan, it puts Midwest winners to shame. Although Chicago is, wind chill does suck. No, that is true though. But it's so much snow, and like I, I, people go, "Oh, it's so hot in Phoenix." I go, "Oh no, 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 no. There's nothing. Nothing is worse than yeah. cold. Mm-mm. I'll take heat any yeah. day. I'll take. I'll take oh, being me hot. Too. Yeah." Because I think if you live in it, especially as a child, we took Mackenzie there once when she was little, the amount of crap we had to put on her. I was like, how do you put kids? It was like, <laughs> she literally was like this. She couldn't even move because of the amount of stuff right. we had on her to move. I was like, yeah, we don't, right. my kids don't even own jackets here. I was like, yeah, we're good. Right. My husband, of course, is freezing, but his wife's in menopause. Right. So sorry. I'm good. <laughs> it just, yeah, you're right. It just takes so long to get ready to go <sighs> outside. Your and car won't I remember start. a few days. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> I remember a few days in Montana. My my face literally hurt. Oh yeah. Is do you do you think Detroit or or where you lived in Montana has a rougher winter? It's not even close, Montana. Oh, seriously? It's, it's, not, even, it's not even close. It's okay. The the Michigan is actually protected by the Great Lakes. Like the Great Lakes, I actually mm-hmm. act as an insulator, and they they keep it cold, but not ludicrous. Montana, there's no insulation yeah. of any type. Yeah. So what happens, like every few weeks, this blob of cold air comes down like straight from Northwest Territories, yeah. Alaska. It has nothing to block it. And it goes to like negative 20. Oh. It's just, it's like, it's absurd. Wow. The coldest day ever. I might've said this before in Chicago, it was negative 70 with wind chill. Oh. And we are walking through the Brookfield Zoo because my dad had bought me a dolphin. Was this his kid? But- yeah, like I was like nine, eight or nine, whatever year in Chicago, 78, 79. And um, you, it was adopt your dolphin day. And so we're walking backwards. The dolphins are the, all frozen at that point. Through the zoo, it was in, inside. But when you get in there, guess what happens when you see a dolphin inside? You get wet. And now we have to walk <laughs> back to our car. And we're like, I still remember it. Like it goes through you and the car is so cold that it takes an hour and you're like, you know, the we didn't have fancy cars because my dad was the millionaire right. next door. He, had a, he right. had a nice summer car. He had a Mercedes that was old, but that's the only drove in the summer. But we had like an right. AMC Eagle, you know, and you're like, just start, just start. And it, it took an hour to get warm. And you're like, uh, everything hurt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I can get cold in the middle of the summer. I can jump in my pool. I'm like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Totally agree. That's crazy. Totally agree. And it must've been cold because you were underground. Uh, actually it was kind of, it was, it was cozy. It was, it was cozy. Oh, okay. But, so um, they didn't like, we, got, we yeah, got, didn't have trouble insulation down there. No, we got heat down there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, coming up, that was not, that was not fun, Ugh. but yeah, cold, uh, but summer in Montana. Amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. 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 Okay, so Air Force, you just shared. So I hear your experience. And what size, you said, aircraft you did prop. What was the name of the aircraft? Yeah, aircraft? Uh, yeah it's a uh, turboprop. So it's called the T-6. You I'm just going to Google, Google it. Image yes. It. Yeah, I love Google that. image it. But it's it's really cool looking thing. It's got a glass canopy and everything. You got to have... Uh, you know, oxygen, oxygen on your face and everything. And it's, it's a acrobatic aircraft. So you can do, you know, flips. The hairier part of the Air Force? Uh, Harriers. No, okay. I'm pretty Those sure. Those are the ones that go like up Marines. and you think you go like this. Right. Yeah. 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 Vertical takeoff. That's, that's Marine. Oh, Marine oh. Stuff. We're all different. Yeah. 
We got to go to Pensacola a couple of years ago and see the uh, the um, Blue Angels. I will tell you that was a very cool experience because oh. they don't tell you they're going to fly over you. You're like, right. oh, it's really cool. Like we'd seen them at Chicago Air Show and then they go full throttle from behind you. And I mean, yep. your hair stands up. I was like, I know. But then they come I out, know. you know, and these guys are so arrogant. And now you, I hear <laughs> your story and I'm like, part of me is like, how are they not, Right. I mean, they've gone from this group to this group to this group to this group. And these guys, their whole job now is the show. That's, right. that's all they do. Right. And they're like, they got right. their name on the side of their, of their jet. They're walking yep. off with their yep. Ray-Bans. The girls are like, ah! And I'm going, yeah. yeah. But God, one, one, one mistake, there goes $17 million. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, those guys are kind of like the Patrick Mahomes of the Air Force, <laughs> yes. of the Air Force pilots. Because believe it or not, most Air Force pilots, they're like, a lot of times they're super nerdy guys. Oh, like, that's not awesome. At all, not at all like the Top Gun Tom Cruise look. Oh, Trust that's me. too bad. You guys, the like, Thunderbirds are not Air Force, are they? N- yeah, they are. Oh, okay. Thunderbirds I've seen them Force, too. Yeah. Okay, enough yeah. about all the air shows I've gone to. I promise. <laughs> so you got into real estate. You're still doing it. So is that what your day job looks like right now? So um, anything real estate, I love. So what I started to do is um, now during the day, I'm doing uh, mortgages as a mortgage loan originator. So um, I'm actually, Susan, I'm working for a company out of Chicago. It's a little fintech um, uh, out of Chicago, but we're, um, I do mortgages in in different states. I'm I'm licensed in different states, but yeah. So if, you know, if you're if you have a house and your mortgage is at four and a half percent, I can re- help refinance you down to, to 2.5 it is or 3. It's so crazy on what low. You do. Yes. It's amazing right now. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So that's your day job. You, and you chose Miami. Why? Uh, I'm trying to get him to follow well, me out here, but I was like know. hot girl. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, yeah mostly big part of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so kind of like I said, there was no, there wasn't a job or or people I knew here. To be honest, I spent one night here before a cruise. Of course, like everyone I, else. That's all I knew of it. Yeah. Right, right. But um, as we've already talked about, I I I really learned in Montana for good <laughs> that I hate cold weather, yeah. absolutely despise it. So I, I knew it was going to be a warm weather place. Um, I actually really liked DFW life, um, with Coulter. Um, it was, I liked it there, but I, the one thing I was really felt like I was missing was the ocean. Oh yeah. Um, I just, I love seafood. I love to scuba dive. I just like to go to the beach, stare at it, you know? Yep. And so, um, so yeah, it kind of came down to warm weather on the beach. Got to be a big city. Um, and that kind of got me down to LA and Miami. And at that point I kind of chose Miami just for it's a little more affordable than well it's, it is more affordable than LA but just for business as well yeah. you know a yeah. lot of times it's more business friendly so that's kind of what brought me to Florida Do you live in Miami like the city? I am downtown. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Near the stadium that I thought the game was at. No, that's actually not downtown. Yeah. I'm I'm right next to the Miami Heat Arena. Oh, my son likes yeah. uh that team. That's awesome. Okay, so you grew up in Detroit? close there yep okay what suburb uh saginaw it's actually like two hours north oh um, okay well i grew up north of chicago also yeah i know but if i say that they'd be like where um exactly okay and then you all moved to hawaii um you said that we all moved yeah like Like he says that you lived in hawaii but did your family move there or no 
No, no. So I, I just went out to Hawaii um, on my own. Yeah, what helped me do that is I got a scholarship from the military. Oh, um, otherwise, gotcha. otherwise, I probably would not have been able to do it because um, I remember introducing my, the idea to my parents and they kind of laughed it off. They're like, that's <laughs> hilarious. College in Hawaii. Like you're you're an adventurous kid. That's really funny. Yeah. And then I go back the next week and I'm like, no, serious. Like, I, I really want to do this. Right. And finally, finally, my dad was like, look, if you can figure out a way to pay for this, um, go for it. Eat your heart out. But I, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. And so um, I found the opportunity through the military. Yeah, that's awesome. What did you what did you study at Hawaii? Basket weaving. Perfect. Um, it was uh, lots of money. Yeah, it was uh, political <laughs> political science and international relations, which that is very is very weaving. big title. Which island is that on Oahu? Yes, on Oahu. Um, I I love Hawaii, and we probably don't have a lot of time, but gosh, Hawaii is such an amazing place. So why didn't you stay there? Just because it's so expensive. Well, no, because I was contracted with the military. So because I did that training on the side as oh, you know, getting my bachelor's, gotcha. I was I was legally I was legally to begin my military career. I I, I don't know if they would throw <sighs> me in prison, but uh, yeah, I, there was no option. Gotcha. You don't want to be court martialed, yep. as they say, right? Right. Exactly. That's awesome. exactly. So how long were you in Hawaii? Uh, four years. So two thousand four to two thousand eight. So he said he's got this funky goal. And I was like, well, I wanted to hit all 50 states by the time I was 50. And I literally have like six left. And then I was too tired and I didn't do it in 2019 because I traveled too much outside the United States. So what is your crazy goal? Yeah. So um, so this all started. The first thing I came up with, I was I was uh, I, I had just met Coulter and uh, it was 2015 Coulter wasn't like the cause of this. It just popped up. I was going to say, does he instill that in you? This like competitive energy. I mean, I feel that from Coulter every day. Let's, let's not make him feel that special. Like Susan, what are you going to do for me? (laughs) And I'm like, Coulter, stop. (laughs) But, uh, so I was, I guess I was 29 when I met Coulter. Um, and the only reason I know that is because, uh, I was in my first year at TCU and I, I, um, I, I kind of, I wanted to go to Europe that summer. I was in the Air Force. I was teaching at teaching uh, RTC, and I was just starting out teaching at TCU. Um, and I had decided I wanted to go to Europe that summer. And I was just kind of looking at like where I'd already been countries wise, and and I kind of figured out like, well, shoot, if I do a good little Euro trip here. I can go to 30 countries by my 30th birthday. Oh. I don't know why I thought of it, but I was just kind of staring at the map and I, I thought of it and went on this, you know, uh, three week Euro trip, bought the train pass, you wow. know, jump trains and oh, oh gosh, that's so much fun. to be single and young. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What countries did you see? Oh gosh, man. A lot. Um, Sweden, Denmark, yeah. Um, unless I don't know if I got the the name right, but I bought some sort of train pass. Yeah, I think it's called the Euro pass. I think that's what it's called. Did you go to Austria? I did. Yeah. So I, I started oh, and ended in Sweden. Um, Sweden. It, just because it was the cheapest plane ticket. There was no, <laughs> that's so there was smart. no reason. That's so smart. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Sweden, um, like Denmark, Germany, um, gosh, France, Belgium, Austria, Switzerland, uh, Poland. I'm, I'd love to I, I go know there. I'm missing some. How about the I'm UK? Some, but not, not that trip, a later trip. Oh, cool. Yeah. And where did you stay then? Were you youth hosteling it? I was youth hosteling some nights. And then other nights, what I would do is I would try, I would, I would try to kind of intelligently look at the, the train schedule and be like, all right, I'm in Paris, you know, 
if I take the overnight train, where is that going to put me? And so a lot of times I'd get on the train at, you know, eight o'clock at night oh or whatever. God. And I would, I would, sometimes I would literally choose the route based on like, okay, what's kind of like a nonstop and is, is going to land there at That's 6 a.m. Awesome. Again, to be young. So smart. I'd right. be like, mm, no, we need a hotel and not just a hotel. It needs to be a nice hotel with lots of towels. I bet you don't get towels on a train culter. <clears throat> See, they had sleeping cars for you. Yeah, but of course, I mean, I was, I was, I was cheap, man. He was I wasn't a chair boy. He was in a chair. I, I can be really cheap. Like if it's if I'm not in a relationship at the time and I'm just <laughs> single traveling, I can like if it's myself, I'm very cheap on myself. Yeah, rich dad, poor dad. But if you're dating, then I'm a little nicer. Then I'm like, okay. You're like, you honey, know. would you like to take the chair? Or would you like to sit right. on the mat? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. That's so I good. Mean, we're still not, so good. Yeah. We're still not going to a hotel. Right. You wanted to do 30 by 30. And so what's your goal now? I don't know how old you are. I'm trying to figure that out. So so I'm 35. I just turned 35. But um. Okay, you so, look like 20. So Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So did the 30 by 30. Um, it, was, it was awesome. And then I guess I kind of got back from that. And I thought, all right, what now? Um, and I just, I know for a fact, I'm going to travel for the rest of my life. That just, it's something I've always really enjoyed. I like getting off the beaten path. I like seeing like obscure countries and, and mm-hmm. meeting, meeting people that Lichtenstein. are resorts. Yeah. I've been and there. Just, <laughs> like, like Uruguay and Colombia and, mm-hmm. and just places like yeah. people don't go unless they want to go there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's fun. But, um, so anyways, event, I don't know how it happened, but I was like, I don't know. I'm the type of person to Google random shit. So I'm like, how many, how many countries are there? Well, it depends who you ask, but a lot of people agree on, uh, 195. Mm. And so I kind of got to this point where I'm like, you know what, why don't I, what, why not see all of them before I'm, before I'm in the ground, before I'm six feet under. And so, um, I will admit that the, the numbers changed a couple of times. Uh, I don't know. I think I started at 195 by 75, like 195 mm. countries by my 75th birthday. Um, so, you know, that would, that would kind of be the, the latest. I think. I, How many have you done? Where are you at? 44. Wow. What were the last few? Um, let's see. The last few, uh, the last one was actually Columbia. The last one That's was awesome. Columbia, which. Oh my gosh. I love Columbia. I'd love to go there. Um, Columbia. And so I guess uh, now that I'm thinking about it, since I moved to Miami, um, you know, the flights from Miami to Latin American can be so cheap. Yep. And again, I, I, I don't, a lot of times I don't care where I go. I just want to explore somewhere. And so I just follow the cheapest ticket. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, before COVID, um, Columbia and Cuba actually were some of my recent ones wow. and that that was awesome. Cuba was so cool. Too. And how long do you like go to these places to consider it? Like you punch your ticket, you just have to put your foot in there or do you, you got to spend a day? Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely not, you know, like an, an airport layover definitely does not count. Um, yep. um, that's a good question, Coulter. Um, I mean, I, I would say at least a, at least a night, but I will say like uh, some of the Europe ones, like I think in Austria, for example, I was probably only there for like two nights and so, like, yeah, I count it, but I also feel like I'm I'm cheating it. Like, it's one of those places I'm definitely going to go back to just because I feel like I'm I'm really cheating it. You got to um, go to but, Salzburg. Okay, I don't think I've been there. Yeah, Salzburg in Austria is like the coolest town ever. They filmed Sound of Music nice. there. 
you know, when I do the math now, it's kind of like if I want to make it by say 70 years old, it would be like five countries a year. Um, So it's a lot, it's a lot, but again, I feel like if you, I feel like at this point in my life when maybe I don't have quite the funds as if I can airfare chase and, and, and almost choose destinations based on the cheap airfare, it's doable. You know, if it's a priority. Yep. Um, and then, you know, later on in my life when I need a when I need to a specific country, then the the idea is I'll have more money and I'll just be able to buy the ticket. <laughs> so Dave, with uh sort of sort of wrapping up this this life list segment, d- does this does this put pressure on you to not go back to the same place twice when you set a goal like this? Like how many times have you been back to one place in Mexico or 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 is it is it just is it just like once you've set this goal, you got to just keep going. That's a great question. And I have thought about that. Um, I think it does. I think it's, I think it does put some like uh, pressure on going to new places and instead of being able to return to favorites. Um, but to be honest, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I have that, that personality in other areas of life too. I guess I'm always curious about what something else is or you know if if just as a stupid simple example like i would rather try a new food once than than have something that i and i know i love and of course that doesn't go every time but i've always had kind of that personality of curiousness of the unknown and so um it does it does do that but it's it's i guess it's a good pressure it's a pressure that i don't mind Okay, you have to tell us about your travel mishap with Mrs. Doubtfire. Now, we're not talking about Robin Williams. You're talking about someone that looked like her? So you asked about the UK. Later on, I went. I did go on a trip to the UK. I went with my mom. And my mom, she's been talking about the going to England for like oh. de- decades, decades. Yeah. But she like it helps sometimes to... It helps, it helps sometimes to nudge her. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And so this was like two or three Christmases ago, I went, I was up to Michigan at her house and I was like, listen, like we're, it was like Christmas night or Christmas yeah. Eve night. I was like, we're buying tickets tonight. Mm. Like we're doing this. So I got in the computer and, um, I bought us tickets. Um, I mean, she, she paid her half, but, uh, bought us tickets for that coming summer to go to, um, to go to England. Um, and, uh, anyway, so we did that and, I love my mom so much, but we, we, uh, we stress one another out. Hmm. <laughs> Quite, I don't do uh, that to anyone. Everyone is always no, happy when they're around I, me. I bring nothing I but joy. <laughs> Susan, Susan is perfect. Susan is perfect. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You can come on my podcast anytime. <laughs> go Lions. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, go Bears. Woo! So my mom and I are in England and um, we're staying at some Airbnb and we, we've got a train. We've got a train to catch. I don't know. It was probably 930 in the morning. So of course we're kind of getting out of this Airbnb a little late, uh, you know, trying to, trying to run out of this place, rush out of this place. So we get out of the Airbnb, um, looking at the, the Google maps on my phone mm-hmm. and don't even have service. I didn't pay for the service, but right. you know how like Google maps, it'll at least show you the direction yeah. that yeah. you're yeah. You, the little compass thing. Yeah. So I'm at least using the little compass thing, like, you know, trying to head right. us towards this, this, uh, train station in London that we need to go to. So we're like walking fast because you know that that feeling when you're like, crap, I'm going to miss this train. And all those thoughts start going through your head like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to miss this train. When when is the next one? Like I've got I've got reservations at the next place. This is all going to get screwed up. Yep. So I'm like, I'm really booking it. I'm really walking fast. 
And my mom is like behind me, like right behind me, trying to right. keep up with me. And so we're in a, you know, they have these things called cabs. They do. <laughs> but remember, remember, you can remember pay me, and get in them. Remember me being really cheap. Yeah. But it's yeah. your mom. But it's like a beautiful summer day. And we it is, but exercise. those cabs are really cool. They're like really fun looking. Well, that's, that's something I'll learn for next time. Okay, good. So, yeah. If you ever need advice about so, dating, let me tell you, get the fucking <laughs> cab. <laughs> so we're booking it. We're booking it. And we, and we, uh, we get into this train station and we get to like the screen and you know, it's a big yeah, European yeah, train station. Yeah. So it's like the airport. So trying to figure out what track we're on and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, there's just, you know, there's people everywhere. I'm walking frantically towards this train because I feel like we've got to have like 15 seconds to, right, to find right. this thing and get on it. That's the thought in me. Yeah. And I see this guy heading straight towards us no that looks totally like looks like a totally normal dude. This is just like a Tuesday morning, 930. <laughs> He's headed to work. Looks like a normal, like just Caucasian boring businessman, right? There's we've there are yeah. a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. But this guy was wearing um, heels and like this beautiful polka dot dress. That is but, awesome. Yeah, it just looked gorgeous. But he was carrying a briefcase. He, was, he had no expression on his face. Like just business, walking, walking straight to work. That is and he was so clearly funny. going to work too. You kind of want to go, was, can you tell me your story? Yes, exactly. And I mean, it is a big city. You see crazy stuff. Yeah. But this, this That's is awesome. this different. And so my mom and I, she's still chasing me. We both get on the train, like literally with like a minute to spare. We sit down. We're like huffing and puffing. Right. We're like sweating. Right. Five minutes into the train ride, we like look at each other. We're like, did you see that guy? <laughs> like he was like. I yeah, that's just, awesome. Because he, he was, was so, he, he didn't was, play the part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, that's so uh, funny. It was, it was one of those moments where you're in a big city. You can see anything. Yeah, I do miss yeah. that. I miss that I with Phoenix. I will never forget my London Mr. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. That is so funny. I used to love that movie. I did it's a too. Good movie. He was funny. I did. I he he was a great Robin person. Williams was classic. So today we I went and found Dave, obviously, you know, as you guys know, um, big Detroit fan, big Detroit Lions fan. Oh. One of the things that I certainly associate with you, just probably because they're just so bad. I mean, um, <laughs> They were good for a minute, uh, for a hot minute. They had a chance. It's kind of like the Atlanta Falcons almost, you know. They're another rough. team that has not won the Super Bowl. In case you want some trivia from Susan while she watches football every you, you looked. Week. You looked up all this useless trivia to prepare you I for this, did. didn't you? No, no. I was watching football and I'm like, oh my God. When the games are like, and it's three to zero at halftime. My husband's like, this is so exciting. I'm like, mm. I've got five quick questions. We'll see how this goes. I feel the pressure. This is real. Okay. So this is um, just from fun trivia. Um, Detroit Lions trivia questions and answers for NFL teams. Okay. Where did the Detroit Lions play their first game ever? Ooh. Oh, man. Well, so Susan, we can like talk through this, right? Didn't they play it at home? Good point. True, but not the right answer. Okay. Shh, quiet. We didn't give our answer yet. Wait, we can, we can like talk through these. Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. You and I. Okay. You think it's Chicago? So wait, I think I'm pretty sure they started out as the Plymouth lions. Oh, kind of um, like the like car way, piece of shit car. Who wanted yeah. a Plymouth? 
So if if Coulter's going, but is this a trick question? But, he, but yeah, because we just said at home, and he said that's not true. So where would said, they play? So then they got to play one of the NFC teams. So Chicago. I mean, they always played Chicago on Thanksgiving. Detroit's um, been around a while, right? As a team, I don't know. Right. Wait, Coulter, you said where did they play? Where? Yeah, in particular, the name of said venue. Oh, of the of the stadium. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what we're oh, looking man. for here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All I all I got, Susan, is called the Pontiac Silverdome. I got. That was the, I concur. I I, but it's probably not right. Interesting. I'm I'm not even sure. Is this even a real place anymore, or or a real university? But University of Detroit Stadium. Does that even exist oh, anymore? Oh, probably. I mean, University of Detroit's a thing. <laughs> okay. Wow. Man, that's that's rough. That is a tough one. Boo. That's tough. That's tough. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So, Dave just alluded to this a second ago. Matter oh, of fact, good. it's actually, you know, coincidentally, the same year that they played that first game at University of Detroit Stadium. So that's your clue. In what year did the Portsmouth Spartans become the Detroit Lions? Oh, God. God. Dude, these aren't easy. Yeah, whatever. These um, are as hard as mine were last week. Um, well, they've been a... Oh, I'll get you an easy one next. stab in the dark. 45. That's pretty close. <laughs> I didn't read their trivia. I should have. But I didn't know until this morning that he liked Detroit. What year was it? 1934. Oh, mm. two years before my mom was born. Chicago's been around since 1898. <laughs> they were the car. They wow. were before the Cardinals. They were another team. I went to the Football Hall of Fame also. Nice. Oh, I, I love my husband. Oh. I would love to go there. Canton, right? I did. We used to drive my parents' car from Chicago to Phoenix every year with their dogs. Wow. And the last time we did it, I was like, what place have we not stopped between (laughs) Chicago and here? We've done Memphis and seen everything there. So he's like, I want to go football hall of fame. I'm like, okay, there we go. Speaking of the hall of fame, let's, let's talk about a potentially beloved, uh, former lion. The question is who wore Jersey number 20 during the 1996 season? Too easy. <laughs> Susan, you know, oh. Barry Sanders. That is correct. Oh. The legend. I do like Barry Sanders. Isn't he the He's one that awesome. retired by choice? He did, yeah. Yes. We 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 we've got a history of that. We Megatron, Kelvin Johnson also did the same, but yes, he was like, I don't want to hurt when I'm older. I've seen Joe Namath. Yes, see, yeah. I know I watched yeah. 30 on 30s. Yeah, Barry Barry is an absolute legend. I get Emmett Smith. <laughs> you're gonna kill me. I get Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders confused. Barry's They're a much more the- <laughs> uh sort of humble everyman guy. Emmett Emmett Smith's a great guy too. I've actually met Emmett, but um, Emmett is just a little bit flashier. Are they the same position? Yeah. Okay, yeah. at least I got that going for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, we got one. You got one. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> earlier you were talking about, you know, not making the Super Bowl. So the Lions have pretty much missed out on 
Well, basically all the Super Bowls. Um, during that span, how many times did they appear in the NFC Championship game? Oh my God, I should know this because that was part of my trivia. Okay, hold on. My head says four, but I could be wrong because it was seriously part of the stupid trivia I was reading. Okay, that could be the Vikings was four. It's either two or four. You tell I want to say I want to say one. Go we for made it. it in ni- we made it in nineteen ninety two, and I think that might have been it. Okay, you were correct. Let's go with one. Yeah, Ooh. they lost to the Redskins, who I believe did they did they win the Super Bowl that year? Um, so they they the lost Vi- lost to the Redskins in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah, the Vikings have gone four times. There you go. Poor Stupid thing. Vikings. Stupid Vikings. Who cares about them? They can have Brett Favre. I hate the I hate the uh, Packers too. And oh, I toured their stadium too. That's how good I am to my dad. And my dad likes them. And so does my son. And I toured their stupid stadium. But my daughter's boyfriend likes them. Aaron Rodgers literally makes me want to vomit. Yeah, I think so too. Coulter, Coulter, if you can't tell us on the NFC North, we don't really like each other too much. This is like no, I would very say contentious. I do- Okay, question five refers to the quarterback who played in every game. Basically, who was the starting quarterback for the 2006 season? 2006. So that was pre-Stafford. Um, 2006. Well, Man, I was we 36. A lot of them. <laughs> 36. My kids were. <laughs> no idea. Oh, Boy, uh, we had so many of them back then. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with John Kitt. That is correct. He was one. Yes, unbelievable. That was a. Okay. Woo, 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 woo. You can come on anytime. <laughs> I will, I will, I will be very proud. And I'll tell you right now, if I ask Dan all those questions, he'll be like, "Yeah, of course, of course, yeah." He's a Dan Marino fan, so. There you go. He's a Dolphins fan because he grew up here and they had no sports. And that's what he played in Pop Warner. He was on the Baltimore Orioles for baseball, and he was on Pop Warner Dolphins. The, the Dolphins and Dan Marino um, always remind me of Ace Ventura movies. I don't like. Heck yes, it's just. Oh well, he wants to remind me that that's the only team that the Bears in '85 lost to was the, wow. was the Dolphins on a Monday Night Football. Was that the undefeated season? What what season was? Well, they did. They weren't undefeated, but they would have been if the Dolphins hadn't beat them on a Monday Night Football. I was like, whatever, who cares? We won the Super Bowl and you did not. And we have a song called the Super Bowl Shuffle. He's like, it was so dumb. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was great. <laughs> you are so fun. I have, if you ever want to come out here, you are welcome. We have a guest room. Very nice to meet you guys. Yeah. What, what are, what are your handles uh, that we should follow? Yeah. Uh, it, so it's just, I, I'm all, I'm all tattooed up. I know this is a podcast. I love it. So my, I've noticed I am. My 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 handle, if that's what the kids are calling it, is Tatted Wanderer. Oh, I which is which is appropriate. So is that like like wandering, but you're a wanderer, Tatted Wanderer. So it's Tatted with two T's. I mean yes, three. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Tatted. Two T's. Sorry, <laughs> I, I had to make it difficult. That's okay. I'm Susan's Travel. Try to add that Susan's extra. Susan's Travel. Yeah. Try to add that I'm, extra S in there. <laughs> I'm coming at you right now. Do my personal. That's Shorty and AZ. S-H-O-R-T-Y-I-N-A-Z. Oh, yeah. And we're Backstage Travel Podcast. Well, 
We have totally enjoyed it. We can talk about it too when we get off. We want to tell everyone too, our next podcast, and I will totally butcher her name, is Natalie. Michelle. Thank you. That is someone who I've had the pleasure of chatting to before we started our podcast. That is your wife's good friend from college, right? Yep. Yep. So we're going to, we're going to bring on uh, Natalie Michelli to talk about um, her martini scale podcast. We'll also go into, you know, her career and um, adventures and love for cinema and movies and sort of learn about the production business and things like that. Yeah. Fascinating. Her background in the production world. And she we're loves gonna, to we're gonna relate all this to travel and cinema, you know, movies yeah. that have to do with travel. So we'll, we'll connect. And if you want to grab a martini with her, you can, cause that's what they do on their podcast. So they are really funny when they drink a little too much martinis and then a they lot start too talking. much sometimes. Yeah, they do. They do. We don't do that. We don't do that. Um, but thank you so much. This has been awesome. It's like almost eight o'clock. Dave, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Coulter. I think I held back a lot today. I was really good about you. I was very nice. Hey, be safe, everyone. Let's enjoy tomorrow as uh, progress, things will change. Whether or not you care or not, it should just move in a better direction. I think it will help our, um, our travel industry for sure. Backstage Travel Podcast is hosted by Susan Green and Coulter Fleming. Editing, producing, and managing by Mackenzie Green. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Visit our Facebook page and send us your travel stories at info at backstagetravelpodcast.com. Susan and her team at Susan's Travel Services have a passion for what they do and want to get you to your dream destination. They're so dedicated to giving you the experience of a lifetime that they'll help you at no cost. To learn more, find them online at Susan's Travel services.com.